Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Ernie Vargas. Ernie, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now, Ernie is the probate fox, and uh, I am curious to learn more about what he has to share today. So, Ernie, why don't you tell us first who you are and where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you know, yeah, my name is Ernie Vargas. I'm originally from L.A., California, uh, pretty much born and raised here. And um, I'll tell you a little side note, why the probate fox, right? Uh, the, the fox itself is an animal that is extremely strategic. Every action that, that the fox takes is a strategic action. It's, it's mm-hmm. never random, right? And uh, I've got a little tagline for that. It's, it's a strategy, wisdom, and cleverness. And really, that's what the fox resembles. And that's what this niche of probate is. It's very strategic. And you know, therefore, I feel it makes you a wise, clever investor. Awesome. I love that. And what got you into the real estate industry? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's a story. You want a story? <laughs> I want a story. All right. I'll, I'll share a story. You know, interestingly, I had nothing to do with real estate prior to this. I didn't have any sales or you know experience in anything like that. But I used to work for a price club. Uh, back in those days, Costco's were called price clubs. And uh, I was a forklift driver. I used to drive a forklift and, ch- and stock chicken for a living. And that was kind of far from where I wanted to be in life, right? I mean, it was a it was a decent paying job, but it by no means was was I living my dream. Uh, so I, I got into looking for something a little bit different. So I jumped into car sales, right? Which was completely out of my comfort zone. Car sales was good in the sense that it taught me how to sell and how to you know engage with people. However, it was nowhere near where I wanted to be in life either. I saw a lot of things that that I I just was dissatisfied within that business. So out of nowhere, you know, as that saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I, right. I got this mailer and it was basically for a real estate seminar. And so, you know, that, that piqued my interest. I went to the seminar and like that right there exactly is what was talking to me. I was like, I, I was hooked. So I got into that uh, business because of that seminar. One thing led to another. And, and before you know it, you know, I'm, I'm here. Interesting. So that seminar, was it a seminar where it's like, learn how to do real estate investing. I'm going to take you under my wing. Or was it a, uh, you know, like a local real estate investment meeting? Like, what was it? Mm, yeah. Boy, back then, that was a real estate seminar combined with a couple of other different strategies. I'll tell you, the uh, guy that was that was sharing that was a guy by the name of Robert Allen. So, you know, a lot of maybe younger people don't know him today as much, but he was definitely a, I'd say an industry leader in terms of getting that message across to to people that wanted to, to know about real estate. Got it. Awesome. So you go to the seminar and looks like you actually took action on what you learned. Most people go, they listen, and then they just go back to everything that they used to do and they expect things to change, right? So mm, you actually yeah, took yeah. action on what you learned, which is super key. And I'm curious, you know, what were some of those actions? And this podcast mm. is all about action items for success. So, mm, you know, okay. in the journey, uh, like what are these action items where it's like, okay, this started to generate progress. This started to generate mm. leads. This started to generate deals. What mm, are some of those mm, key, key mm. activities? 
You know, I think it all starts with the mindset, right? Being in the right state of mind is very, very important because I mean, by all means, especially today, all of the tools, resources, and information is out there for free. But I think that what often stops people is, is like their own mind, right? You know, we put all of these obstacles in front of us. And I think that's pretty much always the case in anything new that you start in, in any new venture. Um, and that, that's what it was for me as well. When I got started, I was excited. I was absolutely excited by the opportunity. But it's one thing to be excited to have courses and education things in front of you. That's sort of the easy part. But then when it comes time to taking action, I think, you know, people are stopped often by fear, you know, self-imposed fear and so forth. So one of the things that, that I learned pretty early on was that um, very specifically, you have to have a very clear goal with what you want to do in life. Um, and so specifically in this business, you know, why are you here? What do you want to do? And you have to have a deadline for the achievement of that goal. So what I did is, is, is I set a goal and it wasn't right away. It wasn't like, like I took the seminar and I was, you know, out there. No, it was actually, there was a lot of paralysis of analysis going on for sure. quite a while until I finally said, Hey, get out there and just do it. So I basically set a goal. Um, I said, I'd like to have my first deal deadline. I said, I'd like to have my first deal by, Oh, well, let's see. I looked at the calendar. I said two weeks time. Now that oh, wow. it, when I look back, I'm like, that was a bit ambitious and ambitious. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, sometimes there's that thing about not knowing any better. Right. And, yeah, and so totally. um, the third thing was to go out and actually not just have a deadline, but to physically write that. So, you know, what I did is I grabbed a pen and I put that on my calendar. I went out there and I wrote that date on my calendar and I said, okay, you know, there it is. And then the next thing is really having a plan, right? So you've got to have a plan so that you can um, move forward on, on that goal. Otherwise, it's just kind of like a dream, right? A daydream. So I went out there and I started knocking on notices of default houses, which is, you know, properties that were basically in pre-foreclosure, uh, in a pre-foreclosure state. And so back then we would have uh, like a little legal newspaper, which, you know, they, they were still around because it's still a legal process, right? Um, that these notices must be made public. So what I would do is I would cut out the little notice of default for the day. I would call the trustee and I would set out the houses that I was going to go door knock. And um, that's how I got started. So a lot of it was, you know, A, getting myself in the right mindset, having a goal, and then just getting out there and doing it. One of those houses that I knocked on was basically a house where the owner was deceased. And that's how I got into introduced to probate. Okay. So then you were introduced to probate and did you end up doing that deal? That particular one where the, the owner was deceased and you're like, oh, what's probate? Hey, I can help, right? Like, did, did that end up working out? No, I did not do it. Okay. <laughs> I did not do the okay. deal. However, it was what launched my career in probate. Yeah. Um, there, there really wasn't any information, education, any of that stuff in that world of uh, uh, probate. Even, you know, in the real estate group that I had been in, nobody had any information to share with me. Got it. And then through the process of just having your curiosity sparked, like, whoa, this, this yeah. seems like an opportunity. Then you were able to, over the years, just start to focus on that, learn about it, implement it, see what worked. And now, what is mm. this, like 20 years later mm. now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like at least 20, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> interesting. You know, what, what I had to do was, um, you know, I got a hold of the owner. I spoke with the neighbors. They said, the owner is dead. You know, you want to talk to the brother. The brother is a person who's basically inherited this house. I'm like, okay, well, what do I do with that? You know, I went to the court, uh, I looked at records and um, basically by, by digging through probate files and talking to court clerks and so forth, I was able to uh, 
you know, learn a little bit more. I, I got a hold of that brother. He said, I'd love to sell it. However, I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. Is there going to be any legal liability for me? He was on a short um, time window because that house was also in foreclosure simultaneously. Mm. And um, and that's something that we're going to see a lot today I, that I would you know recommend that your audience be aware of. We will see a lot of uh, different uh, uh, niches intertwined with uh, foreclosures and you know, short sales and REOs and so forth. So it's, it's something to come right for the future. But, um, but yeah, this was a probate in foreclosure. So that property was actually foreclosed. The owner did not get anything and I didn't get anything, but what I did get was I, I learned. Right. And so by getting into that uh, courthouse, I, I told myself when one of these probate deals fall out, I have to learn. And so that's exactly what I did. And yeah, I mean, that opened up my entire world to real estate investing. Nobody. And I mean, nobody was doing probates at that time. Got it. Got it. And so today, you know, we've done over 800 transactions. And what does the probate process look like in 2021? So, mm. you know, if you're looking at doing a deal this year, you know, how are you discovering the data, first of all? Because I'm sure that's changed. It's not that you're cutting out newspaper anymore. You know, there's, there's probably some technology that you can leverage to get the data of when things are in probate. And then, you know, how are you then, you know, contacting and reaching out to these heirs? Because that's really what's happening is probate is when a will is being executed and the owner of the property is deceased and is then transferring the property's ownership to a son, a brother, a sister, whoever, right? And, and then they are like, whoa, uh, I don't know what to do with this property. I'm also grieving my brother, you know, dad, father's, whatever, death. Mm. And I also don't know if there's a tax liability. What's the situation with it? Oh, it's in foreclosure. Great, right? They're going through all kinds of stuff. How are you sourcing the data? And then how are you getting in touch with them in 2021? You know, so that data has never been data that, that, that is easily attainable. That's actually good, right? For us as real estate investors, real estate professionals, whether you're a real estate agent or an investor. And the reason that I say it's good is because if there are a little more barriers to entry it just you know brings up the value of that, of that data. What I've done today is I've actually formed a, a team of researchers and these researchers, they go out to the court and they pull that data for me. I started doing that myself you know, back 20 plus years ago. I would go to the court right. myself physically. And in, in Los Angeles County, we actually had nine separate probate courthouses for <laughs> one county. So driving all over the county. (laughs) Yeah. So you can imagine, I mean, like LA County is one single County, but it's so large and there's always been traffic. That's always been a problem. And um, so you're talking going from like Van Nuys to Santa Monica, to Compton, to Glendale, to Pasadena, to Norwalk, et cetera. I mean, like, like that's what I would have to do to go out there and pull this data. Um, Today, it's not so difficult anymore. Right. I actually, because I, I now have a team of researchers, they do all of that work for me. Um, interestingly, I also have researchers all over the country because I now have a subscription service for you know anybody really that's interested. So we have over like 3,300 plus counties in the country. And we've got a pretty active uh, subscriber database throughout the entire country as well. That's awesome. So yeah, so that, that's how I'm able to get the data and I'm able to get you that data as well, no matter where you are, right? So... And in terms of communicating with, with these people that are going through probate, that was a good question on your part. I think that oftentimes people have this misconception that we are um, a bother 
and maybe were unwelcome party contacting them, right? Um, because they are right. grieving and so forth. I'll tell you that the majority of people that, that are uh, going through probate do have a sense of grief, of course, um, but the majority of them are at a whole different mental place in that moment. They've gone through the burial of that loved one. They've already gone through the grieving. At the moment that somebody opens up a probate, they are doing that because they are in a mental state of mind where they have to do something with the assets that have been left behind. And they know that they can't do that unless they follow the legal protocol, right? Which is right. probate, right? So you mentioned, you know, the will that that's just a percentage of our population in probate. There are many people that don't leave a will. There are even many people in the country that don't have any family members whatsoever where the inheritor really becomes the local county of the state. So there are different variables that these probates will go through. Um, it's up to us as real estate professionals to engage these people and to really see where they're at. And that's where we shine because there's such an opportunity to help people here, right? And if we think from that standpoint, like we are here to help others, yes, we're here to make a profit, of course, but you know, profits are only made when we help other people, right? And right. so here you have a, a group of folks who really are in need of, of assistance. We're not attorneys. We're not, you know, pretending to be legal professionals from that standpoint, but, you know, we are real estate professionals. And so we have to know that value that we bring to the table is very, very important. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the call reluctance that goes into contacting leads like this. Oh, I'm bothering them. Oh, they're going through this. Mm-hmm. In reality, they're looking for a solution. You have it. So yes. that's where the mindset comes in. Right. And yeah. having scripts, of course, helps. So, you know, investing in courses like, you know, the subscription service that Ernie offers, that's always key. You, you got to get the, the nuts and bolts of how to be doing these things. But mindset is such a big part of it. And even mm. if you have no script at all, but you have a helpful attitude, like you're there mm. to serve them, that comes through on the phone as well. So it does. I've, I've always had that experience of like, look, if you're just a real human <laughs> and you just let them know like, this is what I do. I'm a professional in this space and I want to help you. It's always such a better call. And, you know, it's, it's a, a much softer cold call, if you will. So you're uh, so right about that. Yeah. And thank you. I appreciate that. And, and go ahead and elaborate, you know, if you have you know, anything yeah, to add or uh, any stories. To uh, tell. And that's probably one of the things I love so much about probate is that it's a real people business, right? Mm-hmm. It really is. It's all about that good old fashioned, you know, one-to-one conversation, actually talking to somebody, right? And, and getting to hear people's stories. Um, you know, people will, will open up and they'll share stories about, you know, their upbringing in, in, in a property that, that's going through probate and so forth. You know, people want to vent and share, especially today, right? During this era of this pandemic that, that, that we've been going through, there's a lot of loneliness. There's a lack of uh, relationship sort of atmosphere out there. And that's what probate is really specifically. So, no, you don't have to be a, a top-notch you know, sales pro, it helps, right? To, to know how to overcome objections and things like that. Yes. But really at the end of the day, what really matters here is how well you can listen to people and how well you can communicate, you know, with these people. And people get that. Just like you said, people really, you know, what, what's that saying by Jim Rohn? Um, people don't care how much you know until they know, know, until how, much they you know how much you care. Exactly. That would fit in just exactly right here in, in this probate space. Some of my top students in probate have been, get this, you know, retired people who have never had any sales background whatsoever. Uh, (laughs) As a matter of fact, I I had one guy who I'm so proud of. He passed away now. His name was Don, but Don was a uh, 
he had a lifelong career in the Air Force. And, um, you know, when he retired, he and his wife had like these aspirations and dreams of travel. Uh, but, you know, that costs money, right? And so, really, honestly, w- with their retirement, it wasn't enough for what they wanted to do. And so, he had gotten a, a job as a, a security guard. And, um, you know, that's not certainly not enough. Um, so, he got into probate with me. And I'll tell you, all he had was his charm, you know, and his charm was authentic, right? It was just where he would pick up the phone and he would call people and just have a conversation with them about what they were going through and what they wanted to do, what their plans were like, you know, um, and then, you know, helping them to explore those different paths. And that's exactly what this is. So uh, one of my favorite methods of prospecting and marketing to people is by phone. Now, direct mail works as well. Absolutely. But it just happens to be that one of my all-time favorites has always been, you know, the phone. And that's just because I get to talk to them. Like, like you and I, you know, we're getting to talk to each other. I mean, like, you know, we, I mean, what, what's nice is that you and I get to see each other face to face, but, right. you know, there's still a sense of warmth, you know, talking to somebody just over the phone and allowing people to, you know, tell you about what they're going through. And so for me, that's been very resultful. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. And it really is something where a trained sales professional has to unlearn certain aspects of selling in order to have a conversation like that. And in reality, once you truly have absorbed scripts to the point where it's a, it's a part of you, you understand what the script is attempting to accomplish, the information that you need in order to move forward. Well, now you can have a fluid conversation and you can actually use the tonality that you would normally use in a conversation with your parents or with you know someone you know very well except once you go through those questions, even if it's out of order, because you've done it so many times, you'll know that oh, I, need, I still need this one piece of info. And it can come up organically throughout the conversation rather than like, what's this? What's this? You know, how long? How, da, da, da. You know, rather than being robotic with it, you mm. can be much more authentic. And that comes with yes. repetition. But at the end of the day, yes. having that attitude of helping is, is always just the winning formula for any type of phone calls, in my opinion. Right. I agree. Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious about, you know, lead generation. You mentioned, of course, phone calls. You know, there's also the, the door knock, which is, has not gone away. And then you mentioned mailing. Um, do you ha- have one nowadays in, in 2021 that is like your most profitable lead source? Well, style of, of contacting the leads? Yeah. So, the- so, so you have this list that you're getting from, right. you know, you, you have these researchers now that you have all these names, phone numbers, emails, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that contact list looks like, now what? You know, you have an address, okay. you, have, you, you have some yeah. options of how to contact them. If you only have the resources to do one of these things. Mm. Yeah, it's the phone. Absolutely, the phone for me. Okay. Yes. So my favorite lead source out there in any, you know, niche of real estate is probate. Absolutely. That is my one single favorite lead source. My second favorite lead source would be an inherited deed, which we can talk about that a little bit. There is a difference between an inherited deed and a probate deed. But my first mm-hmm. and top one would be probate. Uh, my best method of communicating with these people is by phone. Um, got it. Now, you know, nowadays, there are so many different ways, right? We've got voicemail drops. We've got text messaging capabilities, right? That can be automated. We can do all those other things. However, I would say this is something that your audience should really Uh, pay attention to is that your probate lead is a very high valuable lead. So it's not 
a lead that you can just get like in bulk from your title company or from, um, you know, list source or something like that. Right. Um, those are all good leads, but they are to be treated differently than the way that we treat a probate lead, right? Um, yeah, a probate lead needs to be very nurtured and very taken care of. We understand that there are many barriers to entry on that lead. So naturally, um, not as many people are talking to that lead source as they would be to, you know, an absentee owner, for example. So we have to engage with them a little bit differently. A simple text blast or, or a voicemail drop isn't my highest recommendation for that. A direct mail piece, absolutely, it works. But understand that marketing through direct mail is a psychological um, to work. You have to understand the psychology of people, right? And right. to just send out one piece of mail isn't enough. No. Um, I would say the biggest mistake that people make in probate and pretty much for every area of uh, real estate, the biggest mistake is that they only send out one letter and they send it out at that moment of what's happening. So if somebody filed probate, people send out a mail piece to, you know, at that moment. Well, people at that place, they're not necessarily ready, right? Mentally, they've just begun probate. They're sort of getting the, their ducks in a row. They're getting things set up. This is a point of an introduction. You know, let's let's get to know each other, know that I'm here, I'm here to serve, and let's stay in touch, right? If you send a couple of different letters, right, and you've got a plan, then that, that's what I teach, you know? So I prefer that we send a sequential letter campaign out to people if that's what we're going to do with letters. If we're going to make calls, it's the same thing. We want to start with an initial intro call, you know, hey, I'm just here to say hi. I'm not here to, you know, go for the kill and try to sell, right, sell you right away. No, no, no. Let's just, you know, get to know each other first. Right. And so that's the approach. Once you have that down, then, hey, guess what? A text is completely acceptable because we've communicated with each other. I've gotten your permission to, to send you a text and say, hey, um, it was really good talking to you. And, and obviously, the follow up that you do to any of these marketing pieces is what's really important. Right. So once I get off the phone with somebody, I just thank them for that, send them a little card in the mail, anything like that, based on the conversation that we had. And then we build, you know, sort of on top of that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And are these call scripts and templates for the mailers included in your online course, your subscription service? Yes, that is included as well. Amazing. I mean, that's huge value right there. Like I'm a copywriter and one of my big strengths in marketing is advertising, copywriting and mm. script writing. Okay. So I hope that my listeners hear me when I say it is incredibly difficult to write words on paper and get people to take action. It's incredibly difficult. And if you've ever tried to like throw a Hail Mary out there before on a print campaign and had it fall flat, you know that you can't just go like try and do this yourself if you're completely untrained and you're focusing on the wrong things. So to have access to proven mailing templates and call scripts is critical. If, you, if you're going to be successful in, in probate, yeah, you can smile and dial and be helpful and, and have a good attitude, but you're missing out on deals if you're not saying the right things and touching on the, the pain points that these people are experiencing specifically. And Ernie's figured that out. So I'm super interested. I'm probably going to subscribe like literally right after this because I have a client right now who's very interested in probate leads. And although I've done motivated seller leads in the past via digital marketing with various techniques, primarily going for like foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, the probate thing is something I haven't really been able to crack. And so, you know, I'm always one to just pay the expert consume it in an orderly fashion and learn it rather than me go try and beat my head against the wall for the next three years and figure it out myself. 
right? Like, so yeah. I, yeah. I, I think you're doing a great thing by putting your information out there and making it accessible on a subscription model. That's great. Yeah. And you know, what, what's so interesting is that you and I live in the same county, right? And right. so to the outside world, I think the world might say, well, why would you, A, you know, offer the one niche that, that's most important to you to the public, especially to somebody within your market, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, like you're creating your own competition. Well, it's true. I am creating my own competition. However, you know, we go to that scarcity versus abundance mentality, right? right. And, and the truth of the matter is that there really is enough for everyone, um, no matter whether you're in a small metropolis or a huge, you know, city like ours. At the end of the day, every sing- I'm not going to get every single seller. You know, I am not, right? right? And people relate to other people differently, right? Somebody That's- might have things in common with you that they like, whether it's, you know, your upbringing, your, you know, I mean, any sports teams, I mean, you name it, right? Yeah. At other times, it's just the timing, right? You may contact somebody just at the right time. That deal, I really do believe that deal was there for you. It was yours, you know? Mm. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I'll tell you, I've got like, you know, I've got a lot of students, but I've got one student here in LA who you could say would probably my top competitor, but I love it. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Uh, This guy, you know, we, we just got off the phone yesterday and he was sharing with me how this year, uh, in probate, right, just off of probate alone, in one single county, LA County, year to date, and this is what, the month of May, right, the month of May, we're not even in June yet, you know, he's at 500k, 500k with one single niche, you know, one, is not, that not commissions, or what is uh, that, in, in, uh, that's in a combination, a but... uh, combination of wholesale deals, flips and commissions, because that, that's the other thing that we can um, look at when we study together is like, how do we maximize our profit opportunities here within probate, right? And so, so what I- to him. He's at 500K prop, so far and it's May. Correct. Correct. Got it. Yes. Got it. Yes. So my biggest competitor, however, I'd say that maybe out of all the deals that he's done, uh, we've come across like maybe two that, that we've, but that's it. I mean, everything else, I mean, like I said, there's an abundance out there. Um, yep. There's an ocean of opportunity for everybody. But yeah, and you know, that's not to say that that's the case for everybody. But when I when I say that I'm not afraid of sharing what I have with others and not not afraid of building quote unquote competition against myself, that there's that proof right there. You know, so it's it's good. I love it. I enjoy it. You know, we get to actually um, share information with each other. Sometimes, you know, I may be stuck on a deal, or he may be stuck on a deal that you know, we can refer to each other and so forth. And and that's the same, you know, I'll get people that, you know, maybe have a house that they've inherited, not only say, for example, in my local county, but in a different county or even in a different state. And, you know, through this community, we're able to say, hey, I've, I've got the guy or gal that's just perfect for you that, that I happen to know right in that, in that particular part of town. So that happens right. all the time. Right. And it does come back to that abundance versus scarcity mindset. You know, I have a real estate marketing agency and I also have a info product business that teaches either savvy real estate agents or other marketing agencies exactly how we run our agency and get results for clients, Mm. how we generate leads online, how we follow up with them, gives them access to all of our systems. And I've had that question asked me, why are you creating your own competition? (laughs) And my response is the same. I believe in abundance over scarcity, there are 1.5 million real estate agents between the US and Canada alone. There's plenty out there that need this help and we're not going to touch everybody. In fact, my goal with that, with my own agency is only 1% market penetration, <laughs> which would already be 15,000 agents on, on my client roster. That would be a huge agency, right? right. So just thinking of it in the, in the terms of the actual 
market and all the abundance that's around us, all the transactions that are happening. Same thing with probate, same thing with real estate transactions in general. I mean, really there is such an abundance. So I love that. Love to hear it. And, you know, definitely something I'm going to, to look into. I'm like already brainstorming, like, okay, put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's definitely, this has been a thought provoking conversation already. Yeah. And, and, you know, it sounds like, like you're pretty knowledgeable in the digital space world then, which is not my forte, but as technology evolves, there are more and more opportunities to put your message in front of the right audience. Right. And so with probate, for example, uh, you have a delivered file where these are the things that are identified. The person who passed away, the address that they owned, we confirm all of the real estate that they owned, uh, the attorney's information, you know, name, phone number, address, and so forth. Information of the person initiating probate, which would be called a personal representative, and the information of relatives. So a guy like you will probably think like, oh, okay, maybe I'll take this data and export it into either, I don't know, Facebook and you have some type of a match, different things like that. There's so much that you can do. And I get excited because that's kind of like the next level now. Wow. That's like the new, you know, kind of like the new territory, which is awesome. Yeah. And you nailed it. I completely agree. And, And one of my favorite things is looking at old copy, so ad copy, uh, that, worked really well in like classified ads and newspapers. <laughs> right. Because those offers still convert and we'd have new mediums of getting in front of people. People's eyeballs mm-hmm. are in different places. And you know, did the digital marketing world, there's so much focus on the flash, the the images, the mm-hmm. videos, the gifts, the things that stop people's thumbs, but it really boils down to the words that are being said mm-hmm. in the ad that gets people to convert, that creates the quality leads. Because, yeah, you can stop people's thumbs from scrolling with a fancy image. But if your ad copy is garbage, then you're going to get garbage leads, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're just creating clickbait and having people fill out a form just for whatever reason, you're going to call them and they're going to be like, what did I fill out? Right? Mm-hmm. How many times does that happen to real estate professionals? Who are you? Right? <laughs> right, but if you, right. If you're designing ads that are pulling on people's desires and emotions and they're professionally copywritten, or you're looking at what used to work in the past and then bring it into today, that's a great model for getting those types of results. So yeah, you nailed it. That, that's been a big inspiration for me. Sometimes, you know, it, it won't just be a copy paste. I'll, I'll see what used to work, look at the formats and then use my own creative ability to then innovate it and make it something new. But having that guidance is, is really important, looking at what yeah. used to work and what does work. Right. Oh, I, I agree with you. I've got some old ads myself. I mean, I've, I've actually got a lot of copywriting books and things like that. I, I enjoy it. I do write. I write a weekly email. I send out, which which is you know part of the blog, and uh, you know it's all about stories and you know sharing things with people. Yep. You know of what I experienced out in the trenches. But yeah, the written word is very powerful, and um, if done well, it will perform absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned some copywriting books and I'm ready to take notes on what those are. So what are like one to three books for writing or copywriting that you love? Oh, well, I'm, I'm a big Dan Kennedy fan. Yeah, um, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with, right? Dan yeah. Kennedy. So you're talking about all of these uh, things, you know, your message market match, right? Which he's always talking about. One of the things that on a side note that, that I'll just say that, that is so important about the right niche, such as probate, is that what you have here is you've got the right market, right? And so if you can put that right message in front of them, you know, you understand that, that there will be a match because what are we looking for, right? We're looking for people that essentially want to sell, right? Whether you're a real estate agent or an investor, you're looking for a seller, 
right? And you need motivation. So understanding that the majority of people that inherit a house have a real sense of motivation. And if we understand, you know, kind of like what the market climate is like, you know, economically uh, at whatever time, whether it's 2021 or, you know, back then 1991 or, or 10, 20 years from now, people that inherit a house are people who never paid any real money out of their pocket for that property. The majority of people, it was essentially, it's a free house. It's it's an asset that's tied up and entangled in probate. Essentially, it's free money. We treat free money differently than we treat, you know, earned money, right? right. So the ability to let go of that a lot easier is something that you'll find here. But there are a lot of financial challenges that people are going through nowadays, especially, right? And in order to get that cash out of that house, this property needs to go through probate. So somebody like you or me needs to come in here and help these people to, you know, either sell this house or miss this house. So it's beautiful. So you've got the right market. I mean, it's a match. You've got all the motivation in the world and there are many other reasons, right? But you know, that it's just, we can be here forever. But, um, you know, so in terms of knowing how to write to people, taking the challenges and the problems and the thoughts that are already in their mind, right, is one of the things that, that I learned very much from a guy like Dan Kennedy himself and other copywriters that you really have to uh, speak to the thoughts that they're already going through, right? What, what are they thinking? What are they experiencing? And if you can write specifically to that, to that, you know, then you're golden. I'm smiling because you are totally speaking my language. And, you know, whether the uh, listeners out there have glazed over or not, this is the truth. This is what people resonate with and and these are the truth thumb stoppers that get results is mm. when you echo back to someone a thought that was in their mind mm-hmm. that is yeah. so powerful and yeah. today it's very interesting because as a copywriter just to kind of like wrap this whole thought up we have so many ways to do research market research used to be very different back in the 50s when they're writing ads for magazines for you know cigarettes or whatever and they had to like try and figure out what the market was thinking. And once it was printed, it was done. Like now we have digital and we have online reviews and we have comments and we have Facebook groups and we have all these areas where we can do this incredible market research, notice trends, and then echo back to people what they're saying in these comments. And you notice, you know, 50 people said the same phrase. And it's like, ooh, that's an industry phrase on the consumer side. You don't want to confuse them with industry jargon that we know that they don't know but you want to communicate to them and how they describe things. And then boom, they're like, whoa, right? People that even if they didn't think that exact same thought, someone very much like them said it in a group and you put it into your ad and they see this one-liner or this word or this question posed in the exact same way that they would type it. And it's like, boom, instant resonance. Like that's when it rings the bell and they're like, huh, I'm going to read this, right? So super powerful and uh, love all of that. Hey, Ernie, is there anything that I should have asked you or anything you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? Well, I would say that the opportunity, if, if you're a real estate you know, professional, if you consider yourself a real estate professional and um, you know, you're looking to really maximize your efforts, I would say look at probate if you're not already doing that. Like I said, that there are many opportunities here. There are a lot of needs. It's a very underserviced marketplace. Sadly, it's not one that has caught a lot of people's eyes, right? I think there are misconceptions of maybe you've got to have legal expertise, you know, and that's not the case at all. You know, it really isn't. Um, So I would really encourage people to look at probate. Uh, The other thing I want to mention is the inherited list, right? You're talking about that. An inherited lead, just to help people understand the difference between probate and inherited lead, is that a probate lead is where somebody has died and somebody in the family or 
you know, either somebody that was named in the will or somebody that was appointed by the family or even by the state officially goes out to the court and opens up this legal process called probate. That in itself is probate. There's a case number attached to it and, you know, it's official, right? That's what probate is as it pertains to us as real estate investors. Now, mind you, there are a lot of other probates that have no real estate in it. So it's it's important that you understand how to pull the right files. Right? And that, that's what I help people to learn and understand because you, you can waste a lot of time, energy, and money if you do it wrong. But an inherited lead is one where somebody has passed away as well. And that person that has passed away we don't know if that house that was owned by that deceased party will have to go through probate or not. You know, it all depends on how that person controlled title to that property, right? So, did they own that house under their own individual name? And if so, was there a will? Was you know, well, well, that doesn't really matter as much. What really matters is how they control title. And eventually, yes, that if they held it as you know in their own name as an individual, then that house will have to go through probate. So that's what we would call a pre-probate. I also have those those leads available if they held their house in a trust. So thank God they prepare their estate so that their family does not have to go through probate and they put their house into a living trust, then that house will bypass probate altogether. And that will be sold through what's called a trust sale. And you'll mm. see a lot of these on the MLS, right? You know, but I also identify those properties. What if they held that property like in an LLC, right? This is where we now start to find commercial real estate, right? They might have held it in a corporation or some type of an entity. Well, at the end of the day, if that person still dies. The entity does not die. That entity lives on forever. However, we can identify those properties as well. If there's a spouse, maybe that, you know, so a spousal property, a property of a small value that will maybe be fast-tracked through probate, such as vacant land, you know, we identify those as well. So that's the difference between an inherited lead and a probate lead. And sadly, there are some companies out there that sell inherited leads that are, I think, a disservice to the community because they are selling inherited leads that they have identified that somebody has died, but not necessarily like last week or last month or, you know, oftentimes as far back as to five years ago, 10 years ago. And that doesn't serve us because if somebody died, you know, seven, eight, 10 years ago, (laughs) you know... The family has moved on a long time ago, right? So um, you have to know what you're getting. So the inherited leads that I provide are, I can identify as fast as who died yesterday, seven days a week, including Saturdays and Sundays, and what's the real estate that that person controlled and who are the relatives of that person Mm. and what are all the contact information for these people, you know, phone numbers, emails, and so forth, all that, all delivered. And as far as I know, there is not anything like that out there in the country at all. The probate leads um, are great as well. And that's where you know that that person is ready to move forward. You know, I provide those as well. And then, of course, the education right, that we talked about. Very interesting. And is all of that included in this this online mastermind subscription? Sir? Like, you know, is all, is all that, is there at least information on the site of, of how to learn more about there, it? There is information, yes. So they're all separate services. Yeah, the inherited lead is, is one service and the probate lead is another service. And understanding what you want to do is important, right? Because... If you're new in your real estate walk, you might not be ready to go after inherited leads just yet. You know, that's a different mindset that that prospect is going through. You have to understand mm-hmm. that person is probably still mourning, right? Right. So you're sort of that unwelcome guest at that point, right? Whereas yeah, in that, it, probate, yeah, that is a different situation, right? Whereas in probate, you're not an unwelcome guest. You're actually 
very much uh, well received. So, you know, understanding how to work those two different markets is very, very important. Awesome. Hey, great to know. And how can listeners contact you and how can they learn more about all these, these uh, opportunities that you mentioned throughout the podcast? Um, yeah, uh, they can go to probatefox.com. And uh, that's uh, Fox, like, you know, we talk about, right? The animal, F-O-X, mm-hmm. probatefox.com. And uh, Ernie at probatefox.com as well. And you can find Ernie Vargas pretty much, in, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and so forth as well. Awesome. Ernie Vargas, the probate fox. Really appreciate having you on. I, I love the conversation that we had about coming from a position of service and help when you're attempting to, you know, close these deals and talk to these leads because really they are going through a, a time where they need that help. And I also love the focus on copywriting and, and everything that we discussed. So really appreciate having you on. And I know our listeners are going to love this episode. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been a great host as well. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.